Good morning. Welcome to First UU Church of Austin in person and online. We are so glad all of you are here in person or online. I will tell you that this morning, since our theme is wonder, which is another word for awe, for marveling, this morning I happened upon the visitor table just as someone from my Zumba class was signing the membership book. So my heart is so full today. Welcome. Stay with us for coffee and snacks after church. I'm the Reverend Aaron Walter, one of three ministers currently serving the church. And I was last in the pulpit with you this Sunday before the election. So I want to take a moment to share something with you. The Polish-American rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said, To be spiritual is to be amazed. So here's something amazing for you. Unitarian Universalists in Texas, including you, in part of our nonpartisan anti-racist effort to get out the vote, we mobilized this fall more than 500 volunteers who made 2,600 phone calls, sent more than half a million text messages to Texas voters, knocked on 630 doors, dropped 2,000 pieces of literature, sent out more than 20,000 postcards and letters, registered 780 new voters, and worked 130 poll hours. It's just amazing, and it's just the people who responded to email to tell us what they did. So you know it's more than that. And even though we did not get everything we prayed for, we got a lot, and we know that it's long-haul work. So the major impacts I want to share with you include decriminalizing marijuana and thus getting more people free, keeping more people free in five Texas municipalities, Electing the first openly gay black man to serve in the Texas House, two of the first Muslims to serve in the Texas House, and the first Asian American county judge in Bear County. Voters in our neighbor Round Rock ISD rejected Christian nationalism in their school boards and elected teachers. So the work continues, but I celebrate you. I'm in awe of you and the work you're doing out there in the world to live your faith and put it in action. I invite you now to welcome the holy in our midst and greet each other online and in person. In the words for lighting the chalice, this is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine on systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. In this church, we wrote a mission. We live it out in the world every day, and we come back together on Sundays to nourish our spirit and recommit to it. So we say it out loud. Would you join with me? Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. In this season of Advent, of expectant waiting, longer nights, of the complicated mix of holiday cheer and seasonal depression or blue Christmas, we have an invitation 
to hold complexity and be intentional, including in our language. Advent is adapted from Latin adventus, meaning coming or arrival. In Christianity, from which Unitarian Universalism grew and evolved to become the pluralistic faith that it is today, the coming of Christ. In liberation theology, the coming of justice. It is a time to expect miracles, but it is also not the shiny time the Hallmark movies and Macy's perfume ads make it out to be. So knowing that, let us not fall for the trap in this season of using solely darkness or blackness language to represent what is negative or hard, and lightness or whiteness vocabulary to equate to positivity. In her book, The Darkness Divine, A Loving Challenge to My Faith, poet and UU minister Kristen Harper asks us to decenter whiteness with our language. She writes, Sometime in the 1300s, black became associated with sin and sorrow in English-speaking countries. By the mid-1400s, when the doctrine of discovery was first legitimized and the colonization of African nations encouraged, and it hurts my heart, I have to tell you, it hurts my heart even to say this out loud, though it's true and it needs to be heard, black was used to mean terrible, wicked, without moral or spiritual light. We know that to be a lie. We know that to be the sin. Light does not hide our sadness or depression. Those who battle the monsters do so as much in the daylight as in the night. Kristen Harper writes, Darkness may even be a solve to the intensity of the light. Amen? What are some things you love about dark? Some things you love that are dark. For me, in addition to friends and members of my own family who are black or brown, there is so much that sparks joy, wonder, and love when it comes to the night, the dark. I love the sky at you bar you. The dark soil where my garden grows, the womb where my children came into being. And I love this time of year when darkness encourages us to slow down and rest. I often say I wish I were a bear with full permission to hibernate. And my 10-year-old son hates it when I turn on the light too early to disturb his cozy, dark slumber. May we be mindful. May we practice mindfulness with our words and our metaphors. May we celebrate the beauty of blackness and darkness in this sacred season together, waiting patiently for miracles. Blessed be. In this spirit of searching, by Reverend Joan Javier Duval. Reverend Javier Duval is the minister of the Unitarian Church of Montpelier, Montpelier, Vermont, daughter of immigrants from the Philippines and former steering committee member 
of the Asian Pacific Islander Caucus of DRUUMM, which is the diverse revolutionary UU multicultural ministries, <laughs> an organization for all UUs of color. In this spirit of searching, out of depths unknown, the spark of life ignites and we are born. We enter a world, a universe, not of our making. Our lives unfold in mystery and wonder. Questions abound for which there are no definite answers. And so we gather in community to be reminded of what is most ultimate and what is most sacred. In this spirit of searching and of reverence, let us worship together this morning. Before we light our candles in joys and sorrows, in remembrances, will you take a breath with me? Thank you for this breath. As we ground ourselves in wonder today, recalling the words of the Jewish prayer book, were the sun to rise but once a year, we would all cry out, how glorious. Our hymns would rise up, our thanks. So today we lift up our thanks, just as we hold in our hearts those who are suffering, grieving, for whom this is a difficult time of year. We hold those who have lost loved ones to violence, and God, we ask to notice where we can make things more loving, more accessible for everyone, where we can be there for one another. Give us courage in this season of patient and expectant waiting to ask for help when we need it and the capacity to show up for those in need. May our actions create miracles in our world. Amen. Blessed be in this time of music, of quiet, of stillness. All are invited to light candles, should you so choose, or to be in a posture of meditation and prayer, knowing that the sounds of children and our human bodies are also sacred.
Sikh American filmmaker, lawyer, and civil rights activist. The first one. Wonder is where love begins. The failure to wonder is the beginning of violence. Once people stop wondering about others, once they no longer see others as part of them, they disable their instinct for empathy. And once they use empathy, they can do anything to them or allow anything to be done to them. Entire institutions built to preserve the interests of one group of people over another depend on this failure of imagination. To wonder is to cultivate a sense of awe and openness to others' thoughts and experiences, their pain, their wants, and needs. It is to look upon the face of anyone or anything and say, you are a part of me I do not yet know. Second, joy is the gift of love. Grief is the price of love. Anger protects that which is loved. And when we think we have reached our limit, wonder is the act that returns us to love. For me, yellow is the color of summer. It is the glow, like scripture, jumping off the page, declaring joy cometh in the morning. I live in the woods of Bastrop, about an hour east of here, among very many tall trees. And just before Thanksgiving, when I was to host my family and chosen family, all the leaves turned yellow. It felt like overnight. I don't know if I missed it last year in the stress of moving to a new home, but this year, all of a sudden, boom, my favorite color as far as the eye could see, I was in awe. So were our guests taking pictures in the yard. Then yesterday, as I sat reading on my porch, looking at the trees, one of my cherished spiritual practices all of a sudden, a sustained gust of wind came and rained all of this yellow down on my books and me. And I say books because I don't know any minister who reads one book at a time. I carry a stack. I actually have some here. We'll get to that. I threw my head back. Yellow leaves in my coffee. Yellow leaves on this poncho. It was magical to me. And then part of me was sad. That's it? Only a week of yellow trees? They won't be yellow anymore? And then I remembered, I can look forward to this every year for the rest of my life. And I can pass that awe to my children and I hope my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, when they come to these woods. And I remembered my responsibility to the land, to the earth, to something greater than me. I didn't experience that wonder in a vacuum. I didn't pull myself up by my bootstraps into that wonder. I can thank the miracle of nature, 
the choices I made listening to my spirit, wrestling with my husband and my family about where we belonged when life changed on us in the pandemic, doing the work it took to to answer the call, move somewhere with more trees. And again, each morning that I am able to choose the porch over my phone. Where did you experience wonder this week? What has helped you feel closer to the holy? Our church has named five values for itself, and the first is transcendence, to connect with wonder and awe and the unity of life. Wonder is a universal part of religious and spiritual life across the ages, cultures, the world. So many sacred texts are about saying, wow, and asking questions, wondering to make meaning. The German-born theoretical physicist Albert Einstein said there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is. Now suspend the fact that you use love to argue and acknowledging that we are here to get beyond the binary. I do love that sentiment. I can tell you that raised in this church, grounded in a universal and interconnected love, and continuing... Continuing, God help me to choose Unitarian Universalism daily, despite its challenges. This is not an easy faith. I feel a deep spiritual orientation to option two. Everything is a miracle. So I was delighted to learn this week in my research that science agrees And that the benefits of this option two orientation to awe and wonder can reduce stress, stave off narcissism, we need that, and promote connection. In the Harvard Business Review, researchers David Fessel and Karen Revich presented an article called Why You Need to Protect Your Sense of Wonder, Especially Now. They said, often things bring us awe because they have an element of vastness and complexity. Think, they said, of a starry night, an act of great kindness, or the beauty of something small and intricate, like so many leaves. Cultivating experiences of awe is especially important and helpful now, they said, as we renew our energy and make plans for a more hopeful future. Do you want a more hopeful future? I do. I do. So one of the experiment groups from this study, when asked to draw pictures of themselves, literally drew themselves smaller in size after having an awe experience. And it can be something as basic as watching pictures, videos of nature on YouTube. My son and I, to to improve his state of health, he's been struggling with anxiety going back to school after COVID. Um, We like to watch videos of people doing amazing things. Um, And it's been really good for our spirit. But the researchers found that as you tap into something larger, your sense of self shrinks. 
which I also want to say for some of us who experience a lot of oppression and being told not to be so big, I don't love that. I want you to be your full self. But what I do love is that what they're talking about is when the sense of self shrinks, at the same time, so so do your worries and that mental chatter, especially that negative self-talk. And your desire to connect and help others grows. So I love that. Here's some more about awe. Helps expand our sense of possibility. That's what we're doing in this church right now. Expand our sense of possibility. Stimulate new ways of thinking. It helps us build relationships. The Harvard Business Review research shows that awe frequently happens in solitude, like little me sitting on my porch with the leaves, but then it draws us to others. The desire to share this feeling. So this reminded me of my bandmate and friend, Katie Kuntz, a trans musician and therapist originally from a small town in East Texas, whose late mother was known to point and exclaim in her Texas twang, look at that moon. And I know Katie misses her mom, Donna, dearly, as many of us miss loved ones who have become ancestors And one of the ways that Katie keeps Donna's spirit alive is by telling friends about her mom's love for the moon. The awe that she felt every time, especially at the full moon. So now whenever Katie's bandmates or friends from our Zumba class see a full moon, we take a picture of it and we text it to the whole group thread and we just caption it, look at that moon. Donna's sense of wonder spread to Katie Someone who, as a person who knew that they weren't quite fitting in in their East Texas town before they came out, before they grew into the person they are today, Katie's mother, who cared for her so much, that sense of wonder that spread to her, then to the friends, and now I get to share it with you, may our wonder, our awe, be that contagious. Some more science for the science you use out there. Scientists found that awe inspires pro-social behavior like generosity and compassion and perhaps evolved to aid in group solidarity. Again, this is crucial right now. So how do we put ourselves in the path of wonder in a spiritual stance for awe to arrive? Rachel Carson, a white American marine biologist and conservationist who lived from 1907 to 1964, gives us this wisdom. One way to open your eyes is to ask yourself, what if I had never seen this before? What if I knew I would never see it again? As a songwriter, I've expressed this in one of my songs. It's called Hit by a Bus. With a lyric, though, that is one of my favorite moments in every Parker Woodland show, where my bandmate Sam and I sing together, if you look me up and they say, we're sorry, we're sorry. I write a lot about that, about loving our lives and each other while we can, because you don't know when you might call, and that person is gone. In this book, in the interim, about Unitarian Universalist Interim Ministry, 
which I am blessed to do with you right now. I was struck by one of the questions the book recommends that interim ministers pose to the community in our listening circles. How would it feel to arrive at the church and discover it was gone? I know from the listening circles Reverend John Alou and I held that many of you dream of quite the opposite. Of the church growing in its impact, its spirit, its diversity. And so the good news is that we can cultivate wonder and it may help this place become more welcoming to all. Some simple suggestions from the scientists. Take an awe walk. Wander and be curious and observe everyday beauty around you, even in a familiar place like your neighborhood or the church grounds. Have you walked around here lately? People are doing some beautiful work. Take a look around, and if you notice something that could use tending, maybe you could be the one. I used to do these beauty walks when I was a chaplain at a hospital in Oakland, California, where I served patients in advanced stages of cancer, recovering from strokes, or adjusting to life with amputated limbs. And I went back to those beauty walks during my own deepest grief in the pandemic. When so many jobs, including mine, were eliminated, live music was gone. I lost a beloved aunt to COVID. My kids were isolated. I walked my neighborhood every day, taking photos of flowers, literally smelling the roses. And let me tell you this, it didn't fix it. I'm not talking about the kind of wonder and awe that's going to fix it. All right? I'm not naive. Sometimes I see a certain kind of flowering shrub and melancholy washes over me. And I know it's a memory from one of those days. But those walks help me get through one day at a time to a day like today where I swore I would never take for granted, never, that I could look out and see you in person, that we could see each other. The chance to meet new people, to see you again, to play music, to sing, to hear children sing. Thank you. And I bet many of you took walks too. And maybe even missed the free time that you had in early COVID days. How did we get back to such a busy life so quickly? Friends, may we save time for beauty and awe. Now, there's another suggestion that I thought, we don't need Harvard to tell us this. The harmony and complexity of music, they said, can also elevate and inspire awe. They suggested making your own personal awe playlist. Make a playlist? <laughs> yes! So I made one, and I'm going to share it with you in the Faith Connections email, and I'm going to make it Collaborative, so, so put some awe songs in the playlist, and then it'll be there for us when we need it. And email me and tell me which jams are your jams. I want to know. And then one more. They suggest tune in to news sites and podcasts that spread good news. Now, you know I'm your minister of joy and justice, and I'm the executive director of your state action network for justice. So I'm not telling you to act like things aren't wrong. All right? And 
There's so much goodness out there. So find yourself a way to access it when you need it. Our friend, anti-racist activist, and church member Scott Butkey from this very community uh, created a public Facebook group called Positive... I saw you, Scott. Where are you? There you are. (laughs) Positive, inspiring, life-affirming stories and videos with more than 950 members on Facebook. And sometimes I go there. I remember. Scott's got my back. He's got all of our backs if we need something positive. And he wrote during COVID that spending time in that group helped make him less worried about COVID. I just invite you to share what brings you awe. You could have kept those stories to yourself, Scott, but you shared them with 950 people. What makes you glad to be on this planet? What wondrous love is this, oh my soul? Those are questions similar to some that black womanist theologian Monica Coleman uses in her book, which is one of my favorites. It's called Not Alone, Reflections on Faith and Depression. And so if wonder or awe feel like an impossible uphill climb this time of year for you, please know you are not alone. Not alone. Please talk with the ministers, with the care team, with your friends here. And I've got Monica Coleman's Not Alone book in my colorful Kindle here if you want to check it out after church. Wonder isn't just good news. It's curiosity. It's saying, hmm, I wonder, instead of nope, when someone shares an idea with you. Alice Walker wrote in the color purple, the more I wonder, the more I love. And in this time of interim ministry, we've been asking you to share your wonder with us about the church. We've heard from you about wanting to grow in size and impact and inclusivity. And at the same time, we've heard your pain and worry about change, aging, illness, abandonment, parenting, and more. It is all human stuff, and we're in it together. We heard from some of our members of color about longing for a more diverse and representative First UU and Unitarian Universalism. I want you to know that the ministers and staff have taken your feedback as the gift that it is, We are reflecting and praying on it. Not all things are seen at the surface yet, but here are some examples I want to share with you before I go. We are developing a diverse list of guest preachers so that no matter who you call as your next senior minister, you will be seeing and hearing from more than just white ministers, and you will be getting diverse voices in your church. We are seeking diverse sources for music and readings as we have done, continue to do, and seek to do more. We are inviting you, more of you, into lay leadership. If you would like to be in this pulpit as a lay leader, come see me. See Chris, see John Alou. We name the cultures of the people who make the readings and the music so we may show the intention in our choices. We are excited about a burgeoning return of the BIPOC group and the BIPOC families group here. We are bringing the Transgender Inclusion in Congregations curriculum to the church starting in February, and I'm so excited. It's a wonderful program. Please stay tuned. Read your email as a spiritual practice. (laughs) 
This is shared ministry. You, the volunteers, are reinvigorating the care team, the social justice council, and more. Wait until we get to the announcements, which I will try so hard to keep brief. The leaders of this church are trying to balance what we all know we need in Advent. More peace and rest. More time to stare up at the night sky in awe. With the work you and the mission of this church are calling for. I want to know what causes you to gasp and wonder. To say, look at that moon. It's different for everyone. In the words of Valerie Corr again that Carol read, to wonder is to cultivate a sense of awe and openness to others' thoughts and experiences, their pain, their wants and needs. It is to look upon the face of another and say, you are a part of me. I do not know yet. That yet is so important. May it be so. Please join us in the words for extinguishing the flame. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. All right. In the words of beloved white American poet Mary Oliver, let me keep my distance always from those who think they have the answers. Let me keep company always with those who say, look, and laugh in astonishment and bow their heads. Blessed be. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.